Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. Tilting sound of Blue Lab Beats with Keep Moving. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place, I hope you know this by now, where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, as if by magic, we bring someone who's shaping the world of business and we call them business shapers. I'm really pleased to say that my business shaper today is Cassandra Stavrou. She is the co-founder at Proper Corn. That's Proper Corn. And they are the premium popcorn business which is taking the UK and at least 10 other countries by storm. You're going to be hearing lots from her very shortly. In addition to hearing from Cassandra, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And then we've got the music, and it's fantastic today. We've got the one and only Stan Getz in there, Eliani Elias, and this from Mr Ray Charles. Unchain my heart Unchain my heart Baby, let me be Unchain my heart Unchain my heart Cause you don't care about me You got me sort of like a pillowcase But you let my love go that was Ray Charles with Unchain My Heart. This is Jazz Shape, as I said earlier. And Cassandra Staver is my business shaper today. Uh, she is the co-founder of Proper Corn. And they are a, a business that sells uh, popcorn, special popcorn, gluten-free popcorn, and amazing taste. Hello. How Hello. are you? Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you very much for joining us. Tell me, Cassandra, um, how you got into the world of popcorn. What's a nice person like you doing making popcorn? <laughs> um, it's, um, it's, a, it's a funny journey, I guess. I, you know, I've always wanted to run my own business for as long as I can remember. And um, I think we're all armchair entrepreneurs to an extent and had various ideas up until kind of proper corn and felt there was a real opportunity to create a snack that uh, was full of flavour, really satisfying, but also healthier for you than a packet of crisps. And, um, you know, my father died when I was 16. And um, I went home and I told my mum about the idea. This was about eight years ago. And she reminded me that one of the last presents he had bought me was a popcorn maker. Um, Call it fate or serendipity. Um, It was a wonderful moment that gave me the extra conviction to quit my job uh, move back home and give it a go. And that was about, what, six years ago, six, seven years ago? It was ago. about eight years ago, eight and then it ago. took about two years to um, get it to market. So, OK, so you were, you had a normal job. You're working in an advertising agency, and you have this idea, but you don't really have a plan. You just kind of know you want to go and do it, and then you stop and you say, that's it. That's a massive decision to make, and we'll come on to you know the intricacies of the, of the popcorn, but... Why do you think you had the courage to do that? Why you? Yeah, I mean, call it courageous or absolute stupidity. (laughs) Um, It's definitely one of the two. I think um, I had, uh, I really believed in the idea. Um, I really kind of saw, I guess it's the perfect storm of you see an opportunity in the market. You you believe there's a real need for it, that that you're offering something different and valuable 
to the to the end consumer um and it was something that i i really wanted to do you know as i said before i've always wanted to run my own business and this just felt like the perfect kind of coming together of various things that you need to, i guess to give you that confidence to to quit your job or whatever you need to do to take that risk and today the proper corn brand is in as i mentioned earlier around 10 countries Yes, so um, UK is our kind of uh, principal market, but we're also in other countries around Europe like Holland, uh, Germany, Ireland. Um, and yeah, it's it's been um, an amazing journey. We've grown very quickly over six years, which um, has been fantastic. Stay with me to find out um, much more about Cassandra Stavrou and uh, her role, her lunacy, her courage, whatever you want to call it, in actually creating a business which is now flourishing and is one of, I think, the top five fastest growing independent companies across Europe, if we believe the stats. We're going to believe the stats. Yeah, good, we will. Uh, stay with me um, for much more conversation with her. But right now, time for small music. Eliane Elias with Oye Komova. Eliane Elias with Oye Como Va. I'm talking to Cassandra Stavrou today. She's my business shaper here on Jazz Shaper. She's the co-founder of Propercorn. And Propercorn, I love this line, uh, it says here, done properly, full stop. Now, in the world of food, uh, and there's a lot of competition, really important that you stand out. Tell me a little bit about the, the initial journey, because I want to talk about those first few years before you sold any, any packets of popcorn. The initial journey around getting that look right. Yeah, so when um, you know, I moved back home, and you have to get the various parts of the business kind of moving in tandem. So your, you know, your, your cash flow, your, um, the operations, your manufacturing, but you know, really right up there is the kind of the design, the look and feel of the brand. And I knew that the packaging was so critical. Um, people have a split second to make a decision at the shelf edge. I um I saved about ten thousand uh, pounds by moving back home and doing pub work at evenings and weekends and things like that, and I decided to spend uh, six thousand of that with a packaging designer. Um, so you know, relative um, to what to my savings, it was a huge amount. And um, very talented designer, and he spent you know a few months working on it. And I got the designs back, and they just didn't feel right. Um, they were beautiful, but they just didn't feel authentic. And I think it's so important that the brand is authentic. And uh, I guess decided to essentially start again, um, sort of doodled them myself on PowerPoint, got my mate who's an illustrator to do the illustrations at the bottom. Um, and we cobbled it together and actually it was imperfect, but it was right and I think actually our branding has really set us apart and so I'm sort of validated now that it was the right decision but at the time um, it was a big uh, it was a big a big risk and that obviously I mean six thousand pounds that you then said basically I'm not going to pursue it 60 percent of the savings you've made through hard graft while you're at home again which is always difficult when you're a young adult going back and living with your mum or, or whatever whatever you might Absolutely. have to do that is very brave and how just asking that question you said I, I I did it just didn't feel right what didn't feel right and how did you know what was right for you well often um you know with it within any business it's so important that what you're creating is absolutely uh, right for your end consumer and in our instance 
I was kind of my end consumer. So I was able to be very intuitive about the decisions I was making. Um, and I guess the packaging, it's its just so, it's so critical. It's what people see day in, day out, and it needs to stand out. It needs to be vibrant. Um, it needs to feel interesting. And the whole brand needs to be set up in a way that it feels kind of authentic. I don't know if that's a bit verbose, but um, it all needs to come together to the same point, which... But no, that makes sense. But what you're really saying is you went with your instinct because you were thinking, yeah. would I like this? Yeah. Exactly. Would I actually go for this? Would it? T- and I think that's really, really important. Big other, one other obstacle, just tell me before we go to the, uh, the, the travel. One big obstacle in those early years before you actually set the business up where you thought, I need to not do this. I'm actually not going to set this business up. Well, I mean, the world of manufacturing, um, you know, especially sort of seven years ago, uh, tends to be kind of big burly men in industrial estates up and down the UK. And I think being a young girl with no proven track record, sort of knocking on doors, getting someone to take a punt uh, was really difficult. And I got a lot of doors shut in my face. Um, I wanted to season the popcorn in a way that had that real impact of flavour. And um, it was difficult to to get anyone to give me a chance. So you have to be resourceful when you're starting a business. So I decided to um, get a cement mixer, refashion it with steel so it was hygienic. And I remember watching Top Gear and the way that you spray paint cars is the finest mist that you can get. And so our first samples were me, a cement mixer and a handheld car spraying kit. Um, but it worked. And I guess fast forward to today, uh, you know, we sell three million packets a month, but it's the same principle. It's just a bit more shiny and new. Um, and then that taught me a lot. Stay with me to find out what else Cassandra Stavrou has learned on her journey towards creating a business, which one day I'm sure will be turning over at least 30 million quid a year. At least that's their plan for 2019. Uh, latest travel come up in a couple of minutes. And before that, uh, some words and wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorette for your burgeoning business. So I'm Joe Hancock, the cybersecurity lead at Mishkondorea. One of the most common problems I see people have at the moment is almost over-collecting data. There's an obsession with data and digital. That's a really good thing. It presents brilliant opportunities. But at the same time, collecting data that you don't really need or storing data that you really shouldn't store anymore prevents a massive risk. At the same time, as having that data gives you some good kind of business outcomes, having it there means there's a good a target for attackers. It means that you're much more likely to lose it. And if you don't delete it properly, you're much more likely to breach regulation. And all of this really starts to create a bit of a risk for business that isn't very well understood and isn't really well managed at the moment. Another whole set of problems that could be avoided very simply are just by doing the basics. If you use complex passwords, change your password regularly. Don't use the same password for for multiple services, as everybody does. Even just one or two different passwords will stop you being the victim of some of the large data breaches we've seen soon. They'll protect your identity. They'll help protect your bank accounts or your finances. Just by doing very, very simple things, either as an individual or as a business, you can remove most cyber risk that's out there at the moment. Nothing can ever be 100% secure, but at the same time, you really can make your own life and your business much better by doing these things. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. 
You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday I talk to someone in the hot seat. They're called a business shaper and they probably don't feel the heat because they're very, very talented and experienced people who have set businesses up uh, against the odds sometimes with courage and they've gone and done amazing things. Um, the person doing amazing things in front of me is Cassandra Stavrou. She's the co-founder of Propercorn and they make uh, delicious tasting popcorn. I can say that because I've had some quite a lot, not today, but in the past. Um Cassandra, the business now is moving. You found your person who didn't have to sit there with a spray spray paint and, and in the steel, you know, the equivalent of cement your mixer. of your cement mixer and all that. And now you're starting to get scale. You're now it's not just you and you're still starting to build your business. Just tell me about those first choices you made about the people that you brought in. What was the criteria in your head uh, in terms of the people you wanted to surround you? God, I think Anyone who um, has run a business will kind of hopefully agree with me that the, the people decisions are the, some of the most important decisions you will ever make. Um, it's absolutely a team effort. Um, and, you know, I, I encourage everyone to kind of hire people that are better and smarter and way more capable um, than, than yourself. Um, I guess we try to uh, really uh, hire people on attitude, um, especially in those first few years versus experience. Um, that's not to say we don't kind of uh, value experience and how important it can be, but it really is, especially when, you know when you're a fast growing business. It's that attitudinal, you know, self-starter. Uh, motivated um, can think creatively about problems and challenges because invariably there will be hundreds of them coming coming our way um, and so it was really about trying to bring people in that shared the same values as us um, you know entrepreneurial um, really passionate about what they do you strike me as really easy going um, I'm sure there's an, I'm sure there's an intensity to you as well <laughs> yeah. but the the 40 or so people now in the business how would they describe you god it's a great question I would hope that they would say I was a team player. Um, we try to avoid too much hierarchy in our business and really empower people. So um, they'd probably say I was a control freak, which is something I'm really working on and trying to sort of step away from the detail and really focus on kind of, you know, the three-year the three year vision. There is a contradiction, though, isn't there, in the sense that you have to be on it, you have to be obsessive, you have to be a bit of a control freak if you care and you want it to work. So how do you see going forward that you're going to be able to balance that? Because I hear that from many people I talk mm. to. There is that sense of just everything's got to be looked at properly because if, it, if you don't, then that extra 0.01% won't mm. work. What are you going to be doing to not be the control freak that you think you are? Or do you secretly, are you secretly intending to carry on being a control freak? <laughs> um, it's a real challenge because, you know, it's your baby and, you know, I care about this business so much and I am... I'm as excited for it as I was seven years ago. I think you have to understand uh, when you've got to good enough, um, this kind of pursuit for perfection can actually slow you down. And I think it's important that you recognise when you've kind of hit what you have what you need to do to kind of solve that tra- challenge or win that new sale and move on. Um, perfectionism actually isn't a good thing to kind of take with you into business. So uh, I, I hope that I have that kind of bigger picture and, I, and, and that's what kind of keeps me from getting too into the detail but you you know invariably you do um and sort of spend those kind of extra hours focusing on the little things that probably no one will ever notice or realize but it matters to me it matters to the team and that's a good starting point stay with me for my very honest uh conversation here with cassandra stavrou that's uh 
the co-founder of Propercorn talking about the reality of being a control freak. <laughs> Time for some more music, and it's Stan Getz and George Alberto with Doralis. <laughs> Bem que lhe disse Amar a tolice é bobagem e ilusão Eu prefiro viver tão sozinho Ao som do lamento do meu violão that was Doralis from the uh, brilliant combination of Stan Getz and Joa Gilberto, proper jazz shapers. Cassandra Stavro is my business shaper. We've been talking about the trials and tribulations of getting going, the importance of people, the reality of uh, having a condition called being a control freak, but I think that comes mm -hmm. with, the, with, with the territory. You're now in a position where, obviously, you've just taken on investment around 18 months ago or so last, last year with actually a previous uh, jazz shaper, um, business shaper, uh, John Wright of Jam Jar Investments, one of the investors. What does that give you? Does that give you both freedom and pressure? How do you see it when someone comes in and says, here's some money for a bit of equity mm -hmm. or whatever it might be? How do you personally feel about it? I think we were lucky in that because of the visibility of the brand, we actually courted quite a lot of attention when we were uh, seeking investment. And for anyone that is raising finance, the advice I would give is, you know, look beyond the check and actually think about the added value and the relationship that you're walking into. Um, it's so important that day one you have a shared vision and a shared goal. Otherwise, it will fall at the first, the relationship will fall at the first hurdle. Um, and then what's the added value, the advice, the experience, um, you know, the example that you gave in terms of John Wright and the Innocent Founders, you know, they've been there, they've done that, they've got the T-shirt, as it were. So we're able to draw on that experience and that um, creates value beyond just the finance. Um, so it's really important to approach it in that way and, and that there's a level of trust as well. It's a relationship, so there has to be trust. And I think... Um, there's lots of horror stories of, you know, the effect of bringing PE or um, finance into that kind of investment into your business. I think we've got a really balanced relationship because we took that view early on that that was going to be the demands that we wanted from the investor. Mm. Um, and it's a great, you know, board meetings in our instance is brilliant because it holds us to account, myself and my business partner, Ryan. It's that kind of marker, monthly marker in the sand where we need to get kind of get our ducks in a row and be able to demonstrate that what we said we we're going to do, we have gone and done. Um, and um, it's just that extra little bit of responsibility, um, which when you're transitioning from a startup to SME is actually really welcome. These are very grown up things, Cassandra. And you're you're very young in the <laughs> sense you. that it's like it's like talking to, you know, the equivalent of a footballer who's eighteen but playing for England or something. I mean you are, you know, a young entrepreneur. There are many more. I think you were named in the Maserati hundred entrepreneurs to watch and you've had various other accolades. Do you sometimes go, Is this me? Is this my life? or not? Do you not even have time to think about it? Or does it just feel like you're in flow and of course it's you and this is what you were meant to do and so on? The honest answer is um, I don't stop to think about that um, because we're moving so quickly um, and there's so much to do and there's a million and one things to kind of, you know, think about and that's sort of not something I focus on. Um, I definitely um, have moments where I'm blagging it. In fact, probably a lot of the time but that's that's part of the gig you're always going to be stepping one foot further into the unknown as the business grows and you have to just have a view when you start a business that it's a bit of a 
it's a bit of a blag um, to put it eloquently, and um, and that's fine because it, it you know, I, I I genuinely believe that you can distill most businesses to a kind of a similar set of principles. It it isn't rocket science. You, it's about um, creating demand, giving consumers something valuable and at the right price, and and creating the brand around it. Um, and um, and that's you know brings me back to the people as well, bringing the right people into the business to support you along that journey. If only it was as simple as you just said. If everyone no, I mean, was that simple, no. But in the sense that you, yeah. you're right, but obviously it takes a, a special type of person to then actually go and bring that together, which is you. Stay with me for more and my final chat with Cassandra Stavrou. Um, plus, we'll be playing some new music from Vincent Herring. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. That was Vincent Herring with Use Me. And for those of you in the know, you will know that was Bill Withers originally. And I love the original, but I also love that. Cassandra Stavra is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. And we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I want to talk about two things which might seem like they're in opposition for a moment. One is you're, I, f- I feel like you're driven by a set of values that are underpinning you. And I don't mean values uh, in, the, in the conventional sense, but stuff where, and I know this from reading about you, where you are interested in other entrepreneurs, interested in those people having a bit of a leg up. Um, You have talked about caring about uh, employee welfare in an interesting way. It strikes me, and there's this thing I think you've done, you've called this, uh, you created an initiative called Pop In, which is where you get young entrepreneurs to come in and have some office space in your business. Why do you care? I mean, you're busy, you're running a business. Why why is it important to you that other people get a chance? Uh, Honestly, because it matters. Um, I think, you know, uh, entrepreneurship um, and young businesses is the lifeblood of this country. Um, It's really important that we support them. And I, thankfully, was on the receiving end of some of that support and advice and people that were really generous with their time. Um, And it makes a massive difference. And um, it feels, you know, selfishly actually feels nice to be able to support other people. Um, it's great for the team. So we invited um, young entrepreneurs into our business to get uh, some headspace, some workspace and also a bit of advice. Uh, we all have lunch together every day. And, and it's actually great for the team to be able to demonstrate some of their learnings and be able to feel like they can give back through working at Proper Corn. It all, um, without kind of getting too fluffy, it, it is because it matters. It's important to support the next generation of um, young businesses in this country. And I guess the flip of that, and my question is now going to be about money, if that drives you feeling good about giving is important, what's driving on the other side, apart from it's just this is what you're doing now and you've got a vision which is to create this business, is the money important? And if, if it isn't, what is important? Of course the money's important. Um, the, uh, the more successful the business is, um, the bigger the platform that we have 
to do great things. Um, on a personal level, um, it affords me to be able to meet some truly inspiring and incredible people and feel like I'm learning and developing. So it's all kind of wrapped up in the same thing. Um, and I actually really, you know, I really think we're offering something valuable. It's a really fun, delicious snack, but it's better for you. Um, and that's important too. Cassandra, it's been brilliant talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty as well. Um, aren't many control freaks that admit they are. <laughs> I'm a bit of one as well, though I think in, in the business world, it's a fabulous thing to a point. And of course, you, you, you know that. And I think you're going to be addressing that as you go forward. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So my song choice is Louis Prima, um, Just a Gigolo. Uh, it's an incredibly um, important song to me and my brother, particularly my brother. Um, it was the song that he shared with our dad who passed away when my brother was 11. I know that he will be thrilled to hear this dedication to him. So this is for you, Emilio. And just a gigolo, gigolo. and everywhere I go. People know the part I'm playing Paid for every dance Selling his romance Oh, what they say There will come a day And youth will pass away What will they say about me When the end comes I know they'll suggest the gigolos that was Louis Prima with Just a Gigolo, the song choice of my business shaper today, Cassandra Stavrou. It took a lot of courage for her to leave her pay job and decide to set up her business, but she did it. It took creativity to work out how she was going to manufacture the popcorn, but she did it. She's found people along the way with the right attitude in her business that are going to help it take it forward. And finally, as she looks to grow it, she's talked about and talks about looking beyond the check, looking beyond the check in terms of funding and finding people that can really help take her business to the next level really really good stuff do join me again same time same place that's next saturday 9am for another edition of jazz shapers meanwhile stay with us here on jazz fm because coming up next it's nigel williams jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mish it's business but it's personal <laughs>